Support for this podcast comes from Eightfold.ai. Eightfold.ai delivers the talent intelligence platform, the most effective way for companies to retain top performers, upskill and reskill the workforce, recruit top talent efficiently, and reach diversity goals. Eightfold.ai's deep learning artificial intelligence platform empowers enterprises to turn talent management into a competitive advantage. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 430 of the Recruiting Future podcast. With a growing number of use cases, People analytics continues to develop both in sophistication and the amount of value it drives for employers. However, despite the quantum leap in recruiting technology that we've seen in the last few years, I still feel that talent acquisition is significantly lagging behind where it should be in terms of data and analytics. My guest this week is Vicar Kosselet an HR strategy consultant at Human Analytics. Vic is a highly experienced people analytics specialist. He gives us an excellent overview of what's going on in the space and what talent acquisition leaders need to consider if they want to develop their data and analytics capability. Hi, Vic, and welcome to the podcast. Hey there, Matt. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. I'm very well, thanks. And it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Please, could you introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Sure, sure, sure. Hello there, everyone. I'm Vic, Vic Acasale. Um, I'm in the Washington, D.C. area here in the U.S. And um, I work as an um, HR consultant, people analytics consultant, um, HR technology, all of the above. And been doing so for the uh, close to about 15 years years now, um, all under HR strategy. So um, I've had a chance to work with a lot of different clients in multiple industries, both uh, large and small. And um, I think I've had a really interesting perspective and in how uh, things have uh, changed here. Um, I also host my own podcast, Human Analytics. So a shameless plug, check it out, um, where we <laughs> talk to uh, HR tech founders, uh, senior uh, people leaders about the future of HR technology and analytics, behavioral science, all the fun stuff there. So uh, check it out. And I'd recommend everyone checks out your podcast because it's such a great topic. And I suppose zooming in on that topic, lots of people listening may, not have an in-depth understanding of everything that's going on in people analytics. So just, just by way of background, talk us through how people analytics has evolved over the last few decades. Sure, sure. You know, I think uh, there's a misconception that people analytics is a kind of a newer function um, where really I think it's an evolution of something that HR professionals have been doing since the dawn of time, if you start from your basic headcount, right? Um, how do you make sure that's accurate? Can you pre- predict what that looks like? You know, those are, in my mind, the foundations of people analytics. And I think because of the proliferation of computing technology and mm, what I consider the accessibility of how uh machine learning and statistics, you know, now is done, there's been this uh, 
growth and explosion in, well, how can we get more sophisticated, more precise, more accurate when it comes to uh, our our workforce and our business? And then therefore people, analytics has uh, really grown from either the person in HR who knows Excel the best to now full, full-fledged uh, people, which massive actually people, analytics functions, especially at a lot of the tech firms where uh, the uh, the uh, challenge and quest for talent is at its all-time high. So I think that's how it's evolved over uh, the decades. But I think there's, there's space for... Um, everyone to participate, you know, if you're just getting in or if you're an expert who's moving into the field, it, it, it really is a wide open ocean for people to um, bring their best to the space. Absolutely. And it's something that's very much evolving in sophistication all the time. And I suppose what would be interesting is to get your thoughts on what is the cutting edge in people analytics look like? What really interesting things are companies doing? And what are some of the use cases you're seeing for it? I think I'll I'll share two. Uh, The first one that comes to mind is a bit of a classical use case, but it's still cutting edge because um, it's, it's not everywhere that can do this as easily or as well. And if you do, it has a lot of impact. Um, my mind goes back to, I think it was in the Wall Street Journal in 2015, um, the article or case example of Credit Suisse, um, where they were able to you know, look at a lot of factors within their HR data and their business data and be able to predict um, to a reliable standpoint of who would be leaving within the next upcoming year. Now, that's pretty cool on itself, but I think what made that example so um, Im- impactful was not that they calculated who was prone to leave, which was helpful, but they were able to calculate the cost of turnover in uh, a very you know hard financial numbers so that they were able to say, well, through our efforts and through these interventions, this is how much money we're saving the business. And a and a 1% reduction in turnover transcended this many millions of dollars. So their, their impact was not just colloquial. It was um, really a bottom line impact. And I think that was, uh, that's a great example of using people analytics. It's a classic one, but I think it just shows you how it can really translate to business. And I think the other one that um, I think is becoming more uh, uh, popular and it's still, and it is pretty cutting edge is really trying to use network analysis, which is trying to understand the networks within your organization. And this kind of analysis wasn't so mainstream, um, let's say prior to the pandemic. However, since a lot of our interactions have gone online, there's a lot more data around how we connect or disconnect. And I think that kind of analysis there of, you know, what are the networks? Are certain people per- being promoted more in certain networks? You know, you know um, is a really interesting use case of really people analytics on the edge there. And it's always fun to look at that data. That's really interesting, and particularly round the as all our interactions became more digital obviously there's more data to analyze which is just fascinating stuff what about recruiting what are you seeing happening with analytics in recruiting what what's good 
what's not so good? Yeah, sure. I think uh, recruiting talent acquisition has always been really the, in my mind, one of the first places where things like machine learning and AI came to bear, uh, just because uh, there's just, you know, huge disparities between recruiting teams and the number of applications they get and have to screen through. You know, um, I, I've talked to recruiters before and they say that sometimes up to 75% of their job is trying to screen through a resumes. And that's just what happens if you don't have the technology to be able to make your process more efficient. So a common use case is really, you know, this um, intelligent screening or, you know, using AI tools to try to help the recruiter get to that best candidate as quickly as possible. Um, now, obviously, with um, every innovation, there are downsides um, because, you know, in more advanced kind of applications, the that AI is trying to say or trying to guess of which candidates may be the best. And it's, it's using past human decisions to therefore drive future decisions. And I think it's very uh, commonplace knowledge now that uh, there could be biases within certain decisions we're trying to make. So therefore, those biases don't get evened out because of AI. Um, at times, they can get exacerbated. So really being able to monitor, to to, to check, you know, how, you know, um, one group of people are flowing towards like another, if there are inherent biases within that technology is a big thing that I'm seeing in recruiting. And I think one other thing that I'll point out um, is on it's really an application of something that's used um, kind of elsewhere in a customer service, and that's recruiting chatbots. You know, if you've uh, ever, you know, gone on a website and they had that little bot feature in the right where you can talk to somebody, but everyone knows it's a computer. Um, that's something that I think uh, recruiting is uh, slowly adopting because I think we've all had that experience of sending off your resume, not hearing anything back at all. Where recruiting bots, um, especially for those high volume um, workforces, uh, are, is a great way to have that interaction uh, where you don't have to hire, you know, a hundred more like recruiters, but you can use technology to have that conversation, to get that information, and then um, take on the experience from there and for those people you would like to move forward to. And I suppose just to dig a, a, a bit deeper into that, maybe when the clients that, that you're working with, and indeed anyone who's who's listening, who wants to use data in a more sophisticated way in their business, what's your advice to them in terms of getting started or what should people do or what should people be, be thinking about if they want to get, well, if they want to get more analytical with the data that they have? I think you, you need to have a clear idea of what's possible. And, you know, that just, you know, there's obviously, you know, lots of white papers from lots of consulting companies who will tell you what's possible, like with data. But so I think that's one. But then I think, too, you really have to understand the business drivers and what HR can bring to the table. For example, if you work at a consulting firm and where you bill out, you know, people, then, you know, retention um, is a direct input of 
revenue versus maybe let's say a software engineering company where you know you are hiring people to maybe do R and D software like development and grow, and then you have salespeople you know driving that. That's a different business model. So I think that's one thing that you really do have to understand. And I think too, it really gets back to the quality of your the data, right? We all know the adage, garbage in, garbage out. And sometimes having good, clean data and maybe your basic level of analytics, it's enough, especially for those organizations that may just be starting out on their people analytics journey. So don't get so caught up in, you know, like I want to do these like fancy models and things like that. Honestly, um, your basic analytics and sharing that and then understanding the trends and cycles of your business, very, very insightful. So I think that's something I encourage people to do. Now, if you're you know progressing like a little bit further, I think my recommendation is definitely to build the right team, people who have context of HR, but then obviously knowledge of the various methods used to calculate, you know, certain parameters or use certain models. And that's really when you start to build out your people analytics function. But, you know, um, there's a spectrum. So understand like where you are, understand the, the business drivers and then plan accordingly. We've talked about technology. We've talked about the larger amount of data that's out there. What, what trends are you seeing from the increased use of technology in you know analytics across HR and recruiting? I think that one thing that immediately jumps out to mind is now there's such such a push to hire, especially within our service industries, and the need. To, to have people on board is so great that businesses can't afford long lead times between the moment a candidate applies for a job and the time that they are starting. You know, I think ideally, if you talk to some front level managers or store managers, they would love to be able to interview some person that morning and that person is on the shift that evening, right? So um, in a in an environment like that, the technology has to be able to facilitate that. And I think a lot of our, um, let's call it big service providers and applicant tracking systems and HR systems, in my opinion, they've been tuned too much for maybe knowledge workers and maybe how they apply versus, you know, um, somebody who maybe works at a warehouse or a grocery store, which we've learned through the pandemic. Those are our essential workers. So um, I think because of the pandemic, it's really exacerbated this question of how can I go from uh, a candidate sees my job application to their hire in the shortest amount of time. So that time to hire KPI, I think, has risen to front and center, I think, more than ever um, for, for a lot of these uh, service-based industries. And I think, too, it's it's more of a um, a a a emphasis uh, rather than an innovation on finding ways to listen to our employees to find ways to understand what they're saying from a large population of people to be able to pre-address things before they, uh, you know, maybe grow into festering problems. And now you have retention issues in a talent market that's so hard to hire in. So I think those are, I think, two two things that are really driving technology and driving a lot of choices for businesses to choose the types of technology they're going with faster hiring 
and better ways to listen, understand, communicate with their employees. Final question. Obviously impossible to accurately predict the future, as we've all learned in the last in the last few years. But I've been really interested in your opinion on where people analytics is going, where's it going next, where's it going in the medium to long term? I think about this question a lot, man. And I, you know, a lot of times, you know, we we think that it would be something completely new, but I tend to think it's an evolution of things we're currently doing, currently looking at. So I think what you'll you see is that a lot of the business strategy will be driven by the people strategy, where I think prior to it was the financial strategy that, that was driving a lot of the, the, the business strategy. I, I think uh, even on Wall Street, um, they've come to the understanding of how you treat your people matters, right? So um, I think it was 2020 or maybe 2021, uh, the SEC, the uh, Security Exchange Commission here in the U.S. uh, announced that it was mandatory for companies to start reporting out on people-based metrics. Now, what does that mean? If I'm a CEO and I know that Wall Street and investors are going to be looking at this data. Well, now I have a more incentivized uh, uh, energy to make those numbers look better now in reinvesting in my people. And as more really millennials um, kind of are more coming into the investing space with the democratization of investing, um, they're looking at companies who are more sustainable, who treat their people well, and they will choose where to invest. So I think the incentives are aligning with the, the, the people strategy. And I think more than ever before, that's where people analytics will be deployed to help create the people strategy that helps the business strategy here, Matt. Vic, thank you very much for talking to me. Oh, Matt, this has been great. Thank you. My thanks to Vic. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.